We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Six Man Show on Orlando Magic Podcast with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic Basketball. Five fans, four fans. Go Magic. What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. Today is August 31st, 2023. Jonathan Osborne here. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Luke Sylvia. Luca, how was the birthday a few days ago? It was good. It was good. Yeah, on the 29th, so Tuesday, a couple days ago, as you guys are listening to this, it was it was good. I, my wife kind of let me just hang out. My job gives me the day off. Uh, it gives everyone the day off for their birthdays, which is very nice of them, and uh, or her, I should say, uh, my boss. And yeah, I got to kind of just lay around and play video games, take a nap, all that fun stuff. Um, and she really, Lauren really handled everything that day. So it was great. And um, then Jonathan, you've always got the things during the week that, that, that make you look forward to things that are happening. Like the things you look forward to during the week. Today, as you guys are listening to this, it is game day for my Florida Gators. Those on YouTube can see I'm wearing the Gator logo on the shirt today playing against utah at utah utah is some crazy number like very good at home i think they're like i don't even know 20 and 0 in their last home games or something like that but they're good in the luck. pac 12 so i don't respect them very much and um we'll see how it goes they're without their starting quarterback cam rising we beat them with cam rising last year when they had them so Gators like four and a half point dogs now. That line dipped from like seven and a half to four and a half. You guys already know I have the Gator money line and uh, plus 200. Now it's down to like plus 160. That's what I'm looking forward to. That's I haven't been able to get enough of podcasts about the Gators and previewing and what everybody is saying, not just Gator fans, that sort of thing. That's what's getting me through this week, to be honest with you. We, we made it, uh, you know, Central Florida made it through the hurricane kind of came and went on our end. I know on the coast, obviously, they always get it so much worse than Central Florida does. But uh, you guys were able to to stay dry over there in Homosassa. Yeah, it wasn't too bad here. I stayed up way too late just because I was expecting at some point we would lose power because, like, you know, Florida, you get a bad, you know, 
summer afternoon thunderstorm and you'll lose power for, you know, 15, 20 minutes. So I fully expected that we were going to lose power. So I stayed up probably until about like almost 2 a.m., kind of waiting and waiting and waiting. And then the storm had like mostly passed. I was like, all right, might not happen. But a few years ago with Irma, same thing kind of happened where we waited to lose power the entire night, didn't lose power. And then like 10 o'clock the next morning, we lost power and we were without power for like 36 hours. So that's crazy. Hope everybody, you know, that's listening to this or, or watching this was, you know, able to, to stay safe and, uh, you know, be safe throughout the storm. But yeah, um, much worse up in the panhandle, you know, around like Tallahassee and everything like that, that it was here, you know, on the west coast of central Florida. So yeah, um, now we just keep waiting. Because there's, you know, another couple of things that are hanging out in the Atlantic Ocean and we'll see what they become over the course of the next week. And this is the time of the year where it's, hey, every other week you got to worry about a hurricane. So we went and did all of our uh, hurricane prep, you know, the the canned food, water and flashlights, batteries, all that stuff a couple of weeks ago. So, hey, you got through this hurricane mostly unscathed and you haven't had the opportunity to do that. Make sure you do that just so that you're you're ready for the the next one. Well, Luke, speaking of Florida Gators, uh, a member mm-hmm. of your uh, alma mater was in the news this week, a Mr. Noah Lyles, who mm-hmm. uh, was at the, the World uh, Track Championships in uh, Budapest, Hungary last week. And he, uh, I don't know exactly what the context was, but somehow the title of world champion got brought up. And he went on to say this about the NBA finals and the NBA championship said, uh, you know what hurts me the most is that I have to watch the NBA Finals and they have world champion on their head. On their head, World champion of what? The United States? Don't get me wrong. I love the U.S. at times, but that ain't the world. That is not the world. We are the world. We have almost every country out here fighting, thriving, putting on their flag to show they are represented. There ain't no flags in the NBA. Now, I, I wanted to get your take on this, Luke, because it's everywhere you've looked on social media, especially Twitter, the last couple of days, this has gotten brought up. Like everybody's talking about this. I I tweeted about it. I was going back and forth with people on Twitter. What is your take on this conversation of naming the NBA champions the world champions? Which they don't even do much anymore. But like growing up, like they do it in the NBA. They do it in the NFL. Like so and so or world champions or whatever what is your take on this i don't know why like you said i don't know how we got there i don't know what the context was because the nba seems like the weird league to attack about this i think you should attack the nfl for this world champs like you're the only country that plays like american football i don't know literally called american football yeah so that's the thing right like if he were to come after them that makes more sense there's also not a lot of representation in the nfl when it comes to countries at least compared to the u.s and i i think that i i think about the end of noah lyle's quote which you said about like the nba doesn't have flags right there but back in 2022 so a year ago october 2022 there was a news release that said there was 120 players in the NBA from 40 countries and six continents on its rosters in the 22-23 season. There's like, what, 400 players in the NBA? So 
to have that much representation, 120 players from 40 countries, six continents, those are the best of the best from those continents, from those countries. So to say that there's not a lot of flag you know, representation, sure, maybe not literally. But if you look at FIBA right now, there are so many NBA-level guys and NBA players on all of these teams. They all go and play in the NBA. No, I, I'm, I am so sorry if this comes across as disrespectful, but nobody in Germany, any part of Europe, whatever, is growing up saying, I want to play in the you know, the, the, the Germany league or whoever else, right? Whatever leagues are over there in general, they're all saying, I want to play in the NBA. That's what you grow up doing. You don't. And it's even the G league documentary that I think I've referenced a couple times now where they followed somebody, whatever. Um, and in the G league, I think it was Gabe York who said something like, you know, I, I grew up saying I wanted to play in the NBA. Like you don't say you want to grow up playing overseas. That's just not what happens. Dudes don't wake up and say that. That's not the dream they have is to play overseas, especially if you're U.S. born. You want to play in the NBA. Same case if you are, you know, from another country. The Magic themselves have two guys on the German national team that are killing it. They play in the NBA, right? Like there is so much representation. I think that's what it boils down to. This is where everybody dreams of playing. You have the right to call yourself the world champion because any of these NBA teams are washing any teams internationally. I'm sorry. So some people sent me this uh, quote from, you know, my boy. I, I know this might be, you know, a little bit uh, polarizing, but my boy, Evan Fournier, he was asked about it um, after one of their World Cup games yesterday. And he said, if you participate in the World Cup or even the Olympics and you win, you have the right to call yourself world champions. The way I look at it is NBA champions. It's just a title. Now, when you read that quote, you're like, oh, man, he definitely agrees. When you listen to the quote and you like hear the words coming out of his mouth, he very much is like, this is this is semantics. Like it's that is the best league in the world. Like, yes, they are. Whoever wins that title is the best team in the world. But yeah, if you win the World Cup or you win the Olympics, of course you're the world champions. But he's like, at the end of the day, it's it's really just a title. Like the team that wins the NBA Finals is the best team in the world. He, that, that's basically what he's saying. And yeah, what, the point that I want to make, and yes, we're not talking about literally. If you're talking about literally, okay, yes, FIBA World Cup, the Olympics, whatever. When we're talking about what team is the champion of the basketball world, it is the team that wins the NBA Finals. The best players in the world all flock to one league. It's not like you have. It's not like it's you know, like the you know the Premier League and La Liga and you know the uh, Italian League and so on and so forth, where you have some of the best players in the world sprinkled throughout these leagues. It is not like that with basketball. The best, whatever it is, three four hundred players in the entire world all come to the U.S. to play for the National Basketball Association because it is by far and away the best league in the world. Even everybody agrees that the Euro League is the second best league in the world. It is not even close to the talent level of the NBA. Now, people want to say, oh, well, look at, look at Team USA. Team USA doesn't always win the World Cup. They don't always win the Olympics. 
Team USA's biggest disadvantage when it comes to international basketball is lack of continuity. They are taking these teams, usually the, these 12 guys, you know, it's every, you know, international cycle, maybe they're swapping out a few guys, but they're saying, hey, you guys have a month to figure out how to play basketball together. And now you're going to go play against the other best national teams from across the world who, might I add, usually play together for anywhere from like, you know, four to seven years, depending upon how long some of these guys play for their international teams. Some of these guys are playing three, four, five international cycles for their national teams. You give Team USA, let's take these 12 guys that are playing in the World Cup right now. Have them play the Olympics next year, the FIBA World Cup two years from now, two years after that, the Olympics again, two years after that, the FIBA World Cup. They are going to completely run the table. If you gave Team USA an 82-game NBA season to prepare and then go on to play at like the World Cup or the Olympics, nobody is getting within 30 to 40 points of Team USA at that point. The rest of the world is lucky that Team USA doesn't take this as seriously as all the other countries do, and we just throw together a, a really talented roster because we have a huge talent pool, and we say, look, you've got like six weeks to figure this out, and then you're expected to win the entire thing, or you're looked at as epic failures. The Denver Nuggets, who have now, for the most part, that core has been together for like four or five years now, they go into any of these competitions taking things seriously, no team is getting within 30 points of them. It, it, it just is what it is. When you have the absolute best players in the world and you end up being the best team and going through that 82-game regular season gauntlet and you go through four rounds of the playoffs and you come out victorious, you are miles, like you are light years um, away from all of the other teams around the world. Some people are like, we need to have a, a, a Champions League like they do for soccer, but for basketball. We do have a Champions League. It's called the NBA playoffs. Because do you know what would happen if NBA teams played other club teams around the world? They would be convicted of war crimes, international war crimes. <laughs> okay? And people are saying, oh, the arrogance of the United States. Sometimes that can come across. This particular conversation and argument to me is so silly that, yes, you win the NBA Finals, you have every right to call yourselves the world champions because the rest of the world, unfortunately, is not close. Yeah, and I think even like the, the format of, you know, because if I'm sure Noah Lyles would say that the winner of FIBA or the Olympics in basketball is the true world champ. But to that, I would say, I think that the NBA format does a better job of crowning a world champ because of doing things like a seven game series. There's no, there's no like catching someone on a bad night, right? Like you catch someone on a bad night, then they go and gentlemen sweep you. The magic knows how that goes, right? Nah, nah, nah. Bucks got lucky. <laughs> Raptors the, got uh, lucky. No yeah, way. Exactly. So I, that is a much better way to determine a champion, in my opinion, than what we see. Um, it is fun, the FIBA format, for instance, because it's different and it's something we don't see every year. But that being said, I don't think that that is as good determining a you know 
world champion because you've got these random group draws and these teams that face off and you might have two great teams that if they were just seemingly indifferent or like randomly in different groups they might end up meeting each other in the finals of FIBA who knows so I just think that when it comes to the format and things like that just the arguments are so strong for the NBA the best team most of the time wins if injuries don't prevail entirely but the but most of the time they win right another example college basketball march madness it's incredible it's great entertainment it's one and done but the best team doesn't always win the the champions at the end of the year you don't always aren't always quick to say that's the best team in college basketball i can say for a fact that denver nuggets best team in the world and it is what it is. And then you can move on from there, man. I We're, like you said, the arrogance of the U.S. and whatever. I get that. I try not to play into that, honestly, too much in general. I understand. I'm not naive. I used to be. But now, when it comes to this, I can for certainly say that the NBA is the world champs. And call it what you want. Call it bias, whatever. We see it year after year. MLS, we're not going to let them call themselves the world champs if they win the, the league, the MLS, because that's not the best talent. I don't think, I think we're probably preaching to the choir, Jonathan. I think everybody probably listening to this agrees, but maybe some don't. There are more dissenting uh, opinions, I think, than, than you might think. And another, this is sort of the last thing that I'll say about this. Another argument that I saw is like, oh, well, the English Premier League is the best soccer league in the world. We don't call the, the Premier League champions. The, the world champions, right. But they go on and they play in the Champions League. And I'm not even going to act like I know everything about you know football and everything like that. But guess what? If you win the Champions League, in my opinion, you've got every single, you've got every right to call yourself the world champions. Like, yes, they have you know, the World Cup and, and everything, obviously, with soccer. But, like, like, can you compare, like, the Premier League to, like, La Liga? Like, you know, Premier League obviously is much better. My understanding of La Liga is there's like a handful of teams that have just won it year in and year out forever. So maybe the competition level isn't the same thing. But there are players like in, you know, La Liga that if they came to the Premier League, you know, would be, you know, some of the best players in the Premier League and, and, and vice versa. When you talk about like the Italian League and whatever the Bundesliga or, or whatever, like look at, you know, Holland, like Holland was one of the the best players in uh, you know the league that he was playing in he comes into the premier league and i'm pretty sure led the entire premier league in goals scored last season so with the nba there is no comparison to that like the closest thing that we got was like luka doncic who came into the league at what like 18 19 years old and was like killing it in the euro league and like one guy did that like one guy did that all right like the NBA, best league in the world, best players in the world. And when the Magic win a title, I am absolutely going to be screaming world champions. If you don't like it, come over here and beat us. Okay? And I'm not talking about right. preseason against, you know, Flamengo or whoever. Like, yeah, figure it out. Get one of these international clubs into the NBA, and we'll, and we'll see how that goes. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, we've spent so much more time talking about that than I thought we were going to. Let's talk um, some magic stuff. We talked about Dwight Howard, not really exactly about Dwight Howard. We talked a little bit about Dwight Howard on the last episode as that photo um, you know, with Stan Van Gundy and a lot of the guys from like the 2009, 2010 teams, uh, everybody was there, you know, supporting Stan, you know, celebrating the, the life of his, uh, you know, unfortunately a late wife. And honestly, like it was a feel good thing. Like, you know, you and I talked about it and I thought that was probably going to be the last that we talked about it or heard about it for a while. But two days ago now, Dwight Howard uh, posted a TikTok uh, where he said, I would retire with Orlando was like the caption over the video. And, uh, you know, it's TikToks are supposed to be funny. It was like the voiceover of Shannon Sharp um, leaving, you know, the show that he was doing with Skip Bayless when he was saying, you know, at the end of the day, when you put your head on the pillow, just know I gave you everything I had. Like he was sort of dubbing that in reference to Orlando, like, Dwight is a a silly, goofy guy. He always has been. He always will be. People just need to accept that and move on. But he was doing that, like to to show that, like, hey, like I would retire with Orlando. I love Orlando. And then this was the caption. He said, "Took a trip down to Orlando to support Stan, and meeting up with my old teammates got me emotional. Having a chance to go back where it all started was so amazing. I really miss this beautiful city." I appreciate all the amazing moments that make this my home. Despite the miscommunication or trials we've been through, I am grateful for my lessons and what they have taught me, and I value them. Orlando, I value you. I value the moments we had, good and bad, wins and losses. The sh- was still the best. Blue and white will always ignite. And I'm telling you, man, I was reading through this, and I got to blue and white will always ignite. And if I, there was not a lump in my throat and I started what wiping my eyes, like what is going on in here? Like that legitimately got me Luke. Yeah. I think, you know, the it's with Dwight, it's always been touchy since he left. And I, I would like to think 
that people took that Dwight post as a as an apology, a everything we've been asking for, responsibility for actions, but above all else, I mean, it was a reconciliation to us as Magic fans. Like he and Stan have already squashed this, I'm sure, prior. But for Magic fans, we hadn't gotten that maybe closure, and Dwight did that for us with just one post. And said it everything well. I mean, you and I have already had this conversation about Dwight. We both have forgiven him long ago. Very willingly crown him the best Magic player of all time. So it's just good to see that it seems like everybody received that as well as we did. Well, he followed it up literally the next day. He A a post on his Instagram with like photos of him and, and Stan Van Gundy. And the, the quote or the, the caption on that post he sort of follows it up. Stan, I will always be there for you. We've been through it all. And these are the times that we need each other the most. My deepest condolences, thoughts, and prayers go out to you from the bottom of my heart. I want you to know what myself and everyone from our Orlando team, I want you to know that myself and everyone from our Orlando team loves you and has your back through this time. We shared some of the best years of our lives and made it to the top together. And coming back, seeing all the family, teammates, friends, coaches, trainers, just brought back so many memories. We was the together. And damn, looking back on everything, I never knew what it really meant when the Magic ownership told me they built an arena for me. What that stood for, what they saw in me, what you saw in me that I wasn't quite seeing in myself. You all saw me as a legend before I made any strides to become legendary. And I am forever grateful for that. At that particular time, all I could see was my own ego but that is why life experiences are the greatest teachers. Even in the midst of sadness, having a chance to go back this past weekend where it all started was so amazing. I really miss this beautiful city and y'all. Even though coming to Orlando at a time like this brought so much pain, having us come together, come back together just made me appreciate all the amazing moments that make this my home, despite the miscommunication or trials we've been through. I'm so grateful for my lessons and what they have taught me. I value those lessons. I value Orlando and I value the moments we had good and bad wins and losses. This was still the absolute best. Blue and white will always ignite. We are all here for you, Stan. We are what a team looks like. Mrs. Kim, you will forever be missed, but rest easy knowing we got him from here on out. Again, it's getting dusty in here. Just like really sweet sentiment shared by Dwight. And I tweeted this out. Dwight has had you know, a few interviews over the years. The One of the most recent examples I can think of is when he was on the Knuckleheads podcast with, with Q Rich and, and D Miles and was, you know, talking about Orlando, but was still like deflecting. Like, I think he said something to the effect of like, I wasn't really sure that they wanted to win there, like sort of like deflecting blame. And I had mostly forgiven Dwight, you know, over the past 11 years, you know, since the the trade. But that was something that like I still always held on to like hey, like I forgive you, but if we ever really want to make things right, like you need to show some level of accountability. And to me, in my recollection, this is the first time that Dwight has ever publicly accepted any responsibility and accountability for what went wrong here in Orlando. And that, in my opinion, shows a lot of growth maturity from Dwight and for people to like fully heal and move on and sort of like welcome him back someday 
that is what I think was missing. Yeah, I uh, I definitely agree. I, I think you know there's not much else to add to this. I think we've both shared our thoughts on it, and uh, I, I just can't imagine that anybody can feel ill will towards Dwight anymore. He's cleared the air. He's taken responsibility. I think we can move on. The last thing that I want to add, and again, I, I tweeted this a couple of days ago. Last summer, we did a whole episode like talking about Dwight Howard, and you know, we went through his statistical resume and how it's so painfully obvious that he is the greatest player in, in Magic history. Something that Kevin obviously has brought up a few times that did sort of escape my memory from back in the day is that the Magic were like really close to leaving Orlando for Kansas City. Like Kansas City had built an arena. They were trying to draw a professional team, specifically an NBA team. They had their eyes on the Magic. The Magic were sort of like year to year in their lease with the then uh, Amway Arena. So they had like no obligation to stay in Orlando any longer than they wanted to. And because of Dwight, like that's why we call Amway Center the Dwight, the house that Dwight built. Because if it was not for Dwight Howard, there is a good chance that the team that you all love and cheer for and support and watch every single night, the chance that that team would not be here. So obviously nobody loves the way that Dwight left. I understand people still have like ill feelings towards him, but like just think of everything that he did for the team while he was here is, is what I would say if, if you're still feeling that way. And I put out a poll right before we started recording. Uh, so this is about, mm, about an hour or so ago. Right now it's got 238 votes. I said about to record a new pod. I want to know, should Dwight sign a one day, one day contract basically and retire with the magic? I'm not talking about him being a, a backup five or, you know, I'm not talking about him mentoring the roster that we have. I'm not talking about any of that. I'm talking about just like a, a ceremony to celebrate Dwight, allow him to retire with the magic the way that it always should have been. So should Dwight sign a one day and retire with the magic? We have 238 votes right now and 81.5% of people have said yes. So like the overwhelming majority of Magic fans would like to see Dwight sign a one day with the contract, uh, a, a one day contract with the Magic, have a little ceremony, have a press conference and retire uh, with the Orlando Magic, Luke. Yeah. Uh, again, I would hope that we've all reached that point where we would accept that and we would love that for the final jersey that Dwight puts on represents is a magic jersey it would just be right well hopefully we we see it you know we're, we're we're doing our best on our end to you know tag dwight and everything so that he sees that you know the the city of orlando for the most part is is ready to to welcome him back and would love to see dwight around like at magic games and everything like that and like really just be celebrated for everything that he's done like in a magic uniform because he arguably did more than anybody ever has in a Magic jersey. And I, I really do think that that is something that we should appreciate and should celebrate. Luke, moving on to the, the FIBA World Cup here, and, and uh, we do have to, to move pretty quickly here for, for time's sake, uh, but we're going to go through and just recap days four, five, and six of the FIBA World Cup uh, and talk a little bit about the second round of group games. So looking back at uh, FIBA World Cup Day 4, which was on Monday, 
Uh, we had Georgia falling to Slovenia, 67 to 88. Goga Batadze put up 7.6 rebounds, three assists, three steals, and fouled out in 25 minutes. Luka Doncic, again, doing Luka things, 34 points, 10 rebounds, uh, three steals in 32 minutes. Just Georgia was not good enough to hang with Luka at his best. And, and Luka basically scored half of the points that Slovenia had in this game. So it was really just too much for, for Georgia to handle. And then later that morning, USA just really took it to Greece uh, for what was you know somewhat uh, a competitive game when they played in the USA Showcase a couple weeks ago. After the first quarter, this really was not competitive. But Giorgio Papianis for Greece, I believe he had 11 points in the first quarter for Greece, was just unstoppable in that first quarter, had a big hand in keeping that game close. Uh, but second, third, and fourth quarter on, the U.S. just completely dominated out-rebounded Greece 40-25 to in this one. U.S. also shot 34 free throws. Did get a favorable whistle in this game. Anytime that you have 34 free throw attempts, it's definitely going to help your offense and your odds of winning. Paolo Bancaro finishes this game with 8 points, 3 rebounds, 1 assist. He shot 6 of 8 from the free throw line in this one, Luke. And then moving on to Tuesday, which was the FIBA World Cup Day 5. Germany beat Finland. They went with no Franz. I don't think it was really all that risky, but Germany basically needed that win to go 3-0 and through the group stage um, and, and make sure that they had a high seed going into the next round. They destroyed Finland 101-75. Again, Finland came out with great energy the same way that they did against Australia a couple of games before. Uh, only trailed by three after one. Just really played with a lot of energy, a lot of pace in that first quarter. But I couldn't help but wonder after that first quarter, Luke, can Finland keep this up? Because we saw, again, the same thing against Australia. They ran out of gas, and Australia ran away with the game. And that's exactly what happened with Germany. Germany led by eight at the half. And then for the majority of the second half, led by 20-plus points. Mo Wagner for Germany finished with 12 points, three rebounds, one assist. Lowry Markinen, 21 points, was three of 11 from the floor two rebounds in just 22 minutes. Like There was a, a really critical stretch in the third where Germany started to run away with it, where Lowry Markinen just wasn't on the floor. And you're like, okay, what is sort of going on here? But it was just really not competitive. Again, Germany goes 3-0 and through the group stage, and they're on to the second round. And then Australia on Tuesday, this was a big one. Basically, it was winner moves on. The game was in Okinawa a huge like Japanese contingent, like 99% of the crowd was Japanese at this game. But Australia with the 109 to 89 win led most of this game by 20 plus points. Our boy Joe Ingles had five points, four rebounds, four assists, and one steal. And Australia goes two and one through the group stage, and they're going to move on as well. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Going to give a quick shout out to our patrons. So if you haven't heard about our Patreon, you can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show, where for as little as $2 a month, 
you can help support the show and help us do all the things that we do. Uh, brand new patrons, we give them a special shout out. So shout out to our boy Tom G, who had a birthday this week. Virgo life, Virgo gang with me and my boy Luke. Um, I'm pretty sure like he was like the 26th or 27th. And then the like, album, the 25th or the 29th, he was like right in between there somewhere. Uh, but appreciate Tom who joined at our all-star tier. He paid for the whole year, which you do get a discount, by the way. If you just want to go ahead and pledge the whole year for us, uh, you do get a, a, a pretty significant discount on that. So appreciate our boy, Tom G. And then we always shout out our Hall of Fame and elite tier patrons. We'll go ahead and start with the court cousins, Drew Gooden, Armin Carson, Tulo, Jonathan Borges, Normal, Magic Player History, Gabe Gaines, Wiffle, Michael Martin, Jamel Miller, Michael Salapon, The Distract, Donkey Punch, Dave, Paolo and Francis, Warren Pierre, M Nostalgia, and Eminem, Dylan Holden, Mr. Mikey, Eduardo Sanchez, Drum, Drum, Drummy, Drum, Drum, Danimal, Dodo 15, Bobby Skinner, PV in the Mix, Goaty 93, Teddy Sylvia, Eric Lopez, Fuchsia, Juan Gerardo, Bill Fulton, Edmund Lagone, Jose Esquilin, Destin for Greatness, Caleb, Pete, Cannibalism, Ty, Mr. TV, ESPN, Really Sucks, Gear 95, Shred, Junior, Bruce, Half Reek, and Shahan 177, Will Be the Dawn, Himlo, Ban Himro, Arm Prof 221, Rape Astrana, Magic Kid 714, Spanking Season, Soft Taco, Johnny B., Fuego Nando, Victor Cologne, Irish Magic, Mike Austin, Lampy, Random Hustle, Only Franz, Maria, Keith Wallace, Fritz, Currency Kev, and Brev Sal. A big thank you to all of our patrons. Again, if you would like to become a patron, you can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show. Luke, the final day of the first group stage of FIBA, FIBA World Cup Day 6, uh, on Wednesday, Georgia beats Venezuela 70 to 59. Needed the win Georgia did to move on to the second round. Uh, the size and defense of Georgia just proved to be too much for Venezuela, uh, who ended up 0 and 3 in the group stage. Goga Batadze, 11 points, 11 rebounds, two steals, two blocks. Venezuela 0 and 3 throughout the group stage. Just really not a super talented team, uh, but Georgia makes it through the group stages, go 2 and 1. Uh, they beat Venezuela and Cape Verde and lost to Slovenia. And then the U.S., their final game of the first round of group stages, they beat Jordan 110-62, to a.k.a. Nuff said. Almost a 50-point victory. Paolo Bancaro, 8 points, 4 rebounds, 1 assist. The USA out-rebounds Jordan 56-34. to Apart from Rondé Hollis Jefferson, who had a really nice like first couple of games in the FIBA World Cup, wasn't incredible in this one. Like Jordan just does not have like almost any talent at all on that roster. At least when you stack them up against the U.S., just never had a chance, Luke. But the U.S. clean sweep through now all of their international friendlies and also through their group stage, so they will be moving on to the second round as well. And now, Luke. Let's talk about the, the second round of groups here. So group I is going to be Serbia, the Dominican Republic, Italy, and Puerto Rico. Group J is going to be the U.S., Lithuania, Montenegro, and Greece. Group K, Slovenia, Germany, Australia, and Georgia. And then group L, Canada, Spain, Brazil, Latvia. Luke, what are your thoughts on a group J here with the USA, Lithuania, Montenegro, and Greece? I I wish that I mean maybe not for the U.S. sake, but for entertainment's sake, I wish that we had Giannis uh, healthy, right? So that this group would be absurd at that point if we were to be able to get you know, essentially Vooch, Giannis, Team USA, and Paolo, and then who was the fourth team you said? Lithuania. Okay, Jonas Valanciunas. So, 
Jonas Valanciunas. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a fun group regardless. I'm, I'm interested to see how it plays out. I think we know and hope how it plays out, but oh, it is and a good, our boy uh, Iggy, Ignis Brasdakis. Mm. Wow, the real the, uh, ones, Donatus no. Montiunis as well. Mm. Yeah, yeah they, so, they, they've got some talent. So that's a decent group, that's for sure. We'll see what uh, the USA if they make light work of it or if they have any close calls. And then next to me, this is the the toughest group of the second round. Slovenia, Germany, Australia, and Georgia. Luke, what are your That's thoughts crazy. there? Obviously, Georgia doesn't really stand a chance in that scenario. What do you have it in front of you there? What are the the records of the other teams that aren't Georgia heading into this? Uh, so Slovenia is three and zero. Germany's three and zero. Australia is two and one. Georgia is two and one. Yeah, yeah. I it's got to be the end of the road for for Goga. I one would think. Logically speaking, because it, as someone who hasn't kept up as closely as you, Jonathan, do the top two teams make it out of the group? The top two teams even make this? it out of the group and your first round record, like it's going to be the overall record. So the two mm. two teams that have the best overall record in the World Cup after this group and the way that the group is going to work. So basically each group is comprised of two teams from like previous groups from the first round. So Group J is USA, Lithuania, Montenegro, Greece. In the first round, USA and Greece were in the same group, and Lithuania and Montenegro were in the same group. So US is not going to play Greece again in this group. They'll play Lithuania, and they'll play Montenegro. So mm. you don't play the team again that you played in the first round. You're going to play the, the two other teams that are now right. in your group, and then the two teams that have the best overall record from the World Cup so far will advance into the 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 true knockout round which will be the quarterfinals. Mm, okay, gotcha. Noted. So yeah, I I completely agree with you like Germany if Franz is back, which he was questionable for their last game against Finland, so hoping that he, and he, even though he's wearing the boot it seems more of like a precautionary measure. He's been walking around pretty well all things considered on that boot. Um so if he's back, I would definitely expect Germany to come out of Group K. And then with Slovenia and Australia, I would probably give the nod to Australia. But you just never know what's going to happen with Luka. So U.S. definitely coming out of, of Group J. Um, you know, Lithuania, Montenegro, to me, it's probably a, a toss-up. You have to give the edge to Lithuania just because uh, they've already beat Montenegro in this tournament. Uh, and they already have the better record. So uh, really looking forward to this. Hopefully Germany and Australia can both come out of Group K. If USA and Germany both finish at the top of their groups in this round, the earliest we could see a Paolo Franz matchup in the FIBA World Cup knockout rounds would be the FIBA World Cup final. So keep an eye on that. If the U.S. is able to beat both Lithuania and Montenegro, and Germany is able to beat b- both Slovenia and Georgia, the earliest, like we could potentially have a Paolo Franz, Orlando Magic-ified FIBA World Cup final with the entire basketball world at that point. Like, hey, we see you, Orlando. Like, y'all got mm. something cooking over there. 
Oh, and and, and and Mo Wagner, of course. I I hate that I always do that. I hate that I leave Mo Wagner out of this. But obviously, it's like you know, Paolo and Franz are are the guys in Orlando right now, and seeing them like guard one another at points in a FIBA World Cup final, like get your boy Pretty awesome. You know, thinking about some things. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, see uh, what happens, how it unfolds. I I would love. Obviously, we would all love to see that. I I would love for for Paolo to to be able to you know increase minutes even by then if that would be a potential Josh Hart moves into the starting lineup for this game against Jordan and essentially kicks out Brandon Ingram right so that's one storyline to continue to watch I talked a little bit about Brandon Ingram in the last episode so I don't want to pat my own back too much but pat people it. were like they were talking about the second unit and they were like, oh man, Reeves, Halliburton, and Paolo are awesome. And I'm like, Josh Hart has been a huge part of this second unit. Josh Hart gets put into that 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 starting lineup, and then obviously Jordan is definitely the worst team that they've played, uh, definitely in the the World Cup so far and blew the doors off. But like Josh Hart, like you need a guy, especially on teams like this that like doesn't care about touching the ball. Doesn't care about getting like flashy stats. He's just going to get in there and make plays happen. And that's what Josh Hart has been. And that's at, at times, that's what Paolo Bancaro has been for this team. So it's, yeah. uh, it's really been awesome. Definitely uh, the, we, uh, uh, the leading rebounder on the team. That's for sure. Over the past, at least few games, we double the rebounds basically every time. Yeah. Let's go through um, the FIBA World Cup second round matchups just really quickly as they pertain to the Magic. I also posted this on our social media account. So any time over the next couple of days when you're wondering when, you know, Germany or Georgia or USA or Australia is going to be playing, uh, you'll be able to find the schedule here. Um, so coming up on the first, so that's going to be Friday at 4.30 a.m. Eastern, Germany versus Georgia. So Franz and Moritz versus Goga. And then 10 minutes after that. So you're going to want to basically double screen this uh, this morning here. USA versus Montenegro, Paolo versus Vooch. You know, we still love Vooch, obviously. Uh, and then at 8.10 later that morning, Australia and our boy Joe Ingles versus Slovenia and Luka Doncic. Then on Sunday, September 3rd, we're going to start at 3.30 in the morning, Australia versus Georgia, 7.10 that morning, Germany versus Slovenia, and then finish the morning at 8.40 with the U.S. versus Lithuania. So a lot of early games and Luke, I do have to say, although I missed Georgia versus Venezuela and us versus Jordan today, I watched seven of the 11, uh, first group stage FIBA world cup. So I hit the six and a half over. I almost died doing it, but I made it happen. Very you proud of myself. It. You smashed it. Incredible. Much appreciated. Thank you so much. All right, Luke. We're going to wrap this one up. Any last thoughts? No. Go Gators. Beat Utah. That's about it. Go USA. Go Germany. Go Georgia. Go Australia. And uh, yeah, I, I can't say go Gators because Kevin will, this episode will never see the light of day <laughs> if I, I, I say that. So I hope yeah, what's understood all my be friends, said, so. I hope all my friends love what happens with their college football teams this season mm. but that's going to do it for this one for luke sylvia this has been jonathan osborne you all have been listening to the six man show 
and we will catch you guys next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Sixth Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It helps out the show a lot. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Sixth Man Show. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic!